The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. So I'd like to tell you the story of a rabbi. It was not me. This rabbi gave a speech in upstate New York near Buffalo many years ago. And he had an audience that was ecumenical audience. Jews and Gentiles sitting together. And he told them the story that dates back to the 17th century. There was a man who was a miser. This man was so stingy that he was detested and loathed by everyone in the community. Hated, abhorred. He had enormous wealth. He wouldn't give a penny to charity. Believe Guzmo without an exaggeration. He would never give a single cent to anyone in need. When he died, the Hevra Kaddisha, the burial society, they came to his home, and they really wanted to do is they really wanted to, even though Jews don't do this, you know, like cremation. But of course, we have a Yetzirah, we have this evil inclination. They, like, they were tempted to incinerate his body. He was so evil. But they certainly didn't want to bury him. And if anything, they'd bury him, you know, somehow clandestinely in some kind of, you know, a Gentile cemetery, but not in a Jewish cemetery. But they got a psaq, they got a verdict in halacha that, you know, you can't do that. So they had to put him in this forsaken section of the Jewish cemetery, the periphery, the place that is known for banishment, for the person that's ostracized, for the person who's excommunicated, for the person who is known to be despicable. And there he laid. Several days passed. And the rabbi of the community, who became famous the world over, known as the Tosus Yontif, Rabbi Yontov Lippmann Heller, all of a sudden, he starts receiving multiple knocks on the door. One after another. And he was a very busy man. And he was the chief rabbi. So usually the more trivial things, the more petty things didn't come to his door. But it was relentless. It was incessant. One after another. A knock, a knock, a knock, a knock. And who was it? People coming to him and begging. A woman said, listen, rabbi, my children are starving. We can't put bread on the table. And then a man says to him, rabbi, we haven't eaten. And another man comes to him. The man says, I'm afraid for my wife's health. She's not well. She's immune compromised. We need food. And this repeats itself and repeats itself. The rabbi is totally baffled. Like this is the big enigma. What in the world is going on here? What's happening? These people have never come to him before. And suddenly... So he interviewed the people. He interrogated them, cross-examined them. He said, hey, whoa, what's going on here? Who was feeding you beforehand? And they said, well, the grocer took care of us. We went into the grocer and he said, don't worry, I got your bill covered. He says, wow, that's a magnanimous grocer. No, this is amazing. So he went to the grocer. The rabbi said to the grocer, he says, what's going on? Why are you stopping your good deeds? Why are you stopping your charity? 
you know what kind of loss this is going to be for your neshama, for your soul? And the grocer said, Rabbi, hold on. <laughs> you have to understand something, Rabbi. It wasn't me all along. I was just a shliach. I was just an agent. I was an emissary. The rabbi says, well, what do you mean? Everybody thinks every rabbi has a crystal ball, you know. So he says, what's, come on, you were paying the bills. He says, no, it wasn't me paying the bills. He says, so who was it? He says, Rabbi, I can't tell you. Rabbi said, but I'm the rabbi. <laughs> well, you don't tell me. I mean, you know, priests are for confessionals and rabbis are for, right? You know, tell the rabbi everything. He says, Rabbi, I'm not allowed to tell you. He says, why are you not allowed to tell me? He says, Rabbi, I'm sworn to secrecy. I made a nether, a solemn and sacred vow. I dare renounce. I dare recant. I dare abrogate my nether. Rabbi, you know the repercussions better than I do of somebody who, God forbid, makes a pledge and retracts it and violates it. The rabbi said, you're right. We've got to get to the bottom of this. People are starving. And while the rabbi is talking to the grocer, people are coming in droves to the rabbi, flocking to the rabbi. Myriads of people. We're hungry. We need food. The rabbi says to the grocer, listen. I'm not kosher delight. I love a shalom. I know we all miss it. I don't know what happened to that place. What's, you know, there was no KRM back then. You know, what's going to be? Bingo, right? Rabbi says, the rabbi says to Grosser, listen, halachically, according to Jewish law, I'm permitting you, this is a matter of pikuach nefesh, it's a matter of jeopardy and peril to life. People are going to die. I'm giving you permission. And there's obviously, there's a whole tractate dedicated to this, the Code of Jewish Law, Shulchan Aruch, dedicated to this. This is not something that is a light subject. As I said, this is a very, very serious and lofty subject about breaking a vow. But the rabbi gave him permission. And the man said, Rabbi, you won't believe it. You remember the man that everyone hated and detested and loathed? Remember the man who everybody thought was heartless and cruel? And the epitome of evil, the miser? Rabbi says, of course. Well, he wasn't such a bad guy after all. He was a hidden tzaddik. He was really a secret righteous man. He was the one that took care of the entire community and kept everyone afloat, nourished, sustained, nurtured, fed everybody. And I was just a ploy. Because the miser promised me to secrecy. I don't want anybody to ever know that I'm the one. I want to go to God clean of any prestige, of any honor, of any arrogance. I want to go to God clean. I want to just be a giver without any accolades, without any platitudes, without any type of earthly reward. And therefore, you never tell a soul, Mr. Grocer. And the rabbi was so smitten by this that the rabbi said, we have to honor this man in his death. And they made a huge sloshim 30 days after his passing. And they all said, Kaddish for him, unanimous. 
in unison, and they learn for him. But the rabbi said, when I die, I want to be buried in the forsaken place in the cemetery, in the periphery, where only those that are ostracized and excommunicated. I want to be buried together, right next to the miser. And to this day, if you go to Krakow, you will see that that's where the great, one of the holiest rabbis to ever walk the face of this planet, the Tosas Yontif, who wrote a famous commentary on the Mishnah, he is buried adjacent to the miser. Well, remember the rabbi in Buffalo that was telling this story? He had everybody in tears. But after he spoke, a man with a collar, who was a priest, came up to him. He said, Rabbi, I need you to repeat that story word for word again. And the rabbi said, come on, give me a break. I just spoke. You know, now I have to recuperate. You know, people think that all these rabbis are just energizer bunnies, right? They have the, the, like these dynamos and they could just, you know, no. You need to recuperate afterwards for a month, two months, three months, right? Rabbi disappears, now you know where he went. All right, so you want me to repeat for word for word? It says, Rabbi, I need you to repeat word for word. And the rabbi repeated the story word for word. And the man is sitting there like glued is not the word. Riveted is not the word. Captivated is not the word. Enamored is not the word. And one more, more synonym? Okay, who, okay. I don't have one for you. I'm sorry. The man is sitting there. He's mamish. Chalishing. He's like drinking. The rabbi says, okay, I'm going back to my hotel. That night, the rabbi has a guest to his hotel room. And who is it? It's the priest. And the priest says, I need you to repeat for me the story one more time. And the rabbi repeats it. He indulges. And he repeats it word for word about the miser and the grocer and the burial and the priest is sitting there transfixed, mamish. And then the priest says, I need to repeat it one more time. And the rabbi says, how much are you paying me? No, <laughs> he didn't say that. And he repeated it one more time. And then the priest is, 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 tears are dripping and dripping and dripping and dripping. There's a whole puddle forming. You could take a rowboat almost. And the priest says, Rabbi, you know, I'm Catholic. I'm a priest. My mother, she passed away five years ago. And on her deathbed, she called me in. And she said, Shema Yisrael! Hashem Elokeinu Hashem I said, Mother, what are you doing? She said, No, I'm Jewish. I married your father during the war. He's Catholic, but I'm really... Ju- I know we raised you as a Catholic. But I want you to know who you descend from. Your great, 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 great grandfather was a famous miser who was really a tzaddik, a holy man, the most humble and modest, more than you could ever imagine. 
And that's who you are from. Never forget that. And then she died. And the priest turned to the rabbi and the priest said, Rabbi, what could I do now? I never thought it was true. I thought she had delirium. I thought she was delusional and demented and senile. Now I know it's true. The rabbi told him, you could go learn in this certain place. Go take a trip. Several years passed. And the rabbi was at the western wall, the Kaisel Amaravi in Yerushalayim in Jerusalem, the holy city. The only remnant that we have today that God promises in Shira Shirim Rabbah that it will never be destroyed. All the empires tried to destroy it. They tried to conquest. They tried to conquer. But Hashem promises this will live for and stay forever as a testament. And the rabbi was there. And if you've ever been to the Kosel, you know that a lot of interesting people could come up to you and ask you for different things. Some of them are more interesting than the other. I know I've had my fair share of very interesting personalities. One guy told me he's the Mashiach. I almost believed him. He told me his donkey was waiting at the gate. And he really had a donkey. But okay, the rabbi was there. And you know what happened? Somebody taps him on the shoulder. And this man, he looks at the man. This man looks like a real Yerushalmi, a real Jerusalemite. You know, with a long beard. And a bekisha, the long jacket, and the pails. And the rabbi says, okay, here's $10, now goodbye. He says, no, rabbi, I'm not asking you for money. He says, you're not? And, Am I in the right place? Said the, no, I'm not asking you for money. He says, rabbi, I just want to know. How are you? How have you been? He says, I know you. He says, of course you know me. He says, where do I know you from? I don't recognize you. He says, he says look at me again. Look in my eyes. And the rabbi said, oh, my God. He says, I, I can't. He says, hotel room in Buffalo, the descendant of the miser. And today, he's a rabbi himself. But it goes deeper than that. Because the rabbi found out that just as the miser was descended from the, just as the priest was descended from the miser, the rabbi found out his lineage that he is descended, ben Acher ben, a direct genealogy from the Tosus Yantif. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.